Hello everyone and welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host Alan Hilty. There's only one rule on Chat Club and that is everybody talks about Chat Club. Now my voice is a little uh, wangy and suppressed or a little sore because I've been working the border the last uh, two weeks. Um, so anyway, this episode here is going to be episode number 19 and I want to deem it more of we're not in it all together. And I have a specific theme on this podcast and I want to talk about a lot of different things. I know COVID-19 is still out there, still predominantly out there. I just didn't want to do a weekly podcast on something negative. So I'm trying to do a little negativity and also a little bit of positivity in my podcast this one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in, dive into this and talk about the pandemic a little bit. This pandemic has caused a lot of fear. Scared of the future, panic, anxiety, nervousness, a lot of anger, more mel- like mental health challenges, complete paranoia, aggression because of the nervousness of the pandemic and where we're going, how we're going to get through this and how we're going to survive. And our daily routine has been changed a lot in our lives and that's in every part of the world. So this is not only a podcast for where I am, this is for the world. I see a lot of different challenges going on, like plexiglasses and keeping our grocery workers safe. And and that's great. I think it's fantastic that we're taking the measures that we need to get through this. So the reason why I call this, we're not in this all together, is I've seen a lot of celebrities out there saying we're in it together. I have a problem with this because I'm a frontline worker and I work in corrections and I'm an essential worker and I have to work. So I don't see Justin Bieber and I don't see all these other celebrities like Drake coming to give me a 15-minute break or half an hour break. No, we're not in it together, dudes. We're not. We're not in this together. You can throw your money around to help and that's fantastic. But you're not sitting there on the grocery lines getting your groceries. You're not participating in life in fear that you're going to get COVID-19 because a lot of people in the reality in the world have to go to the grocery store. They have to get gas. They have to get to get to their jobs. These people here have a lot of money. So their houses are enormous compared to our houses where we self-isolated in our houses. And we have literally nowhere to go. We have a few bedrooms and a few places. And we can go outside a little bit. But we don't have a pool or workout facility. I haven't seen the gym in three or four months since this whole thing started. So no, we're not in it together. There's a lot of people that are working on the ground floor that don't get noticed. Taxi drivers. You got janitors. We have a lot of people in behind the scenes. I'm sorry if I'm missing a few, but those are the ones that I don't see anybody talking about. The janitors, the taxis. We're talking about the grocery store people. Heroes in my mind because they're grinding it. And I understand they need to work. So it's not, it's not that they're trying to be heroes. It's something they need to do. They see themselves as heroes now. Truck drivers putting themselves out there, driving, doing what they're supposed to do. I said thank you to a few truckers, and they kind of look at me a little weird, and they say, well, it's my job. It's it's not any different. A little more busier, but we're still doing a job. And it's a great perspective that the truckers that I've talked to have put that in my head that, you know, we're not doing anything different. We're just, you know, getting things where they need to get. And I still, you know, myself, I look at them and I say, well, still thanks for putting yourself out there. 
So, I mean, we have frontline workers, we have paramedics, we have nurses, doctors, corrections officers, we have police officers, firefighters, a lot of people in the um, special care home, home workers that are taking care of the elderly that are really high risk. Um, we've seen, you know, we've seen 1% deaths. It's not high. But seeing the number is high. Like, I don't know what we're at right now today because I don't like looking at this because it spins off some negativity to me. I don't like sitting there looking at it. And that's why I haven't done a lot of podcasts. It's for that reason. I don't want to know. I just want to get through this as positive as I can. So when I look at the celebrities, it just annoys me. Some of them are tweeting it's like prison or... You know, when is this going to be over? You know, I've lost a lot of respect for these celebrities. And not saying that all of them are like this. I'm saying there's a good handful of them. Their true colors are starting to show up. They're not this fabulous personality. They're very selfish. So to me, they're actors putting on a selfish act. Uh, The ones that aren't speaking are probably the ones that want to keep their privacy and get on with their lives. So I have a little story. Um, I want to talk about a gentleman that is a celebrity or um, basically he is a football star. This person in February was participating in the Super Bowl playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. He eventually won and is a Super Bowl champion. So this gentleman here signed with the Kansas City Chiefs for a five-year, $42 million contract. So he's a lineman, offensive lineman. He's Canadian, which makes me very happy because I deem him as a hero because I, I, I think that's a hero to me, and I don't think he gets enough publicity for this. Maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe he just wants to be a normal person and get through and try to be a human being and help people through a crisis. So this gentleman here, um, basically since March, he, um, his name is Darnavi Tardif, Dr. Darnavi Tardif. He completed a rare feat a couple of years ago, graduating from McGill University Medical School while still playing football, which is quite amazing in itself. So his name is Larnett Darnavi Tardif. I probably butchered his name. But anyway, back to my story. He's a Montreal native in his hometown. So amongst this, he's in the middle of a contract. Like I said, he's, you know, five-year, $42.363 million to play professional football. So this gentleman is 29 years old, has a doctorate in medicine. But he's not practiced. He's not licensed to practice yet. So due to Quebec, and this is Quebec region, which is highly hit. This gentleman here decided that he wanted to help out on the front line. So this gentleman not having a license, Quebec gave him special permission to work as a nurse. um, To help replace the other people that are working nonstop. Which I think is absolutely awesome. So... Basically, workers have been sick and to help the increasing demand because of the number of cases, because of all the measures taken to protect the workers and the patients, 
slow down the operation. So Darnav Tardiv said in his first day was April 24th was his first hospital day where he was assigned to a long-term care facility about an hour away from Montreal South. So this big dude, six foot five, 321 pounds, is working as a nurse role, trying to help relieve workers that are already in place. Quebec was one of the hardest provinces hit in Canada with the pandemic. Long care homes have been practically devastated. And I also forgot about our armed forces that are also in the midst of helping out uh, a lot of these uh, long-term healthcare facilities with seniors or special needs or, or whatever. The military is there, and that's another profession I forgot that are putting themselves at risk. I know they're ordered, but it's still, it's nice to notice the Canadian military and what they're doing. Absolutely awesome. So basically, he's going in there. He's administering, administering uh, medication. He's uh, helping out with the nurse's role. To me, undoubtedly, this is a hero in my eyes. First of all, he can sit home in his mansion and his $42 million, whatever he has for an income. Very rich. But taking the front lines, putting himself at risk to just help help out people. Help out the front line workers. Help out basically everybody in the profession. Showing a role model, I think the kids need to see. I think there should be more of this. More positive news about what this one person's doing. I haven't seen it. Or I haven't watched a lot of news, but I just come across the article on it. So in reading this article, it made me very proud. Made me proud to see that he was a Canadian. It just blew me away with how much compassion this person, one person has for his fellow, you know, community purpose and everything that he's doing for everyone else and putting himself at risk when he could be staying home. This is what super celebrities should be doing. I've seen premiers in different provinces, provinces help out. I've seen them in the front line uh, doing different stuff. I know in my province here, we had a fantastic run. Uh, we did very well. Now, right now, we have at least 12 cases at the moment. We had a doctor that uh, basically screwed up and lied to the border patrol and what uh, lied and said, you know, I was there for work or I'm not the whole, I'm not sure in the whole story and I don't want to talk about it, but I know one thing is he lied and he didn't protect the people that he was with. He came in contact with about a 150 different people and everybody's getting tested. So, you know, I really am upset sure the person didn't do it intentional nobody goes intentionally trying to do this but he really set back my province and there's there's a lot of anger within my province small businesses that can't open because of the cause of this doctor going through and infecting people and it really has demonstrated a lot of frustration a lot of anger but there's also some businesses that are taking it you know okay let's let's prepare ourselves let's be safe i'm okay with this it would have been a real travesty if they had it opened up, been there a week, and then closed them down. That would have been more hurtful to the businesses. I think waiting is, is the key right now. I think, you know, 
my province right now, province of New Brunswick, is doing a, a very good job. Our doctor, our chief medical doctor, is doing a fantastic job in basically spearheading everything and making sure that everything is going according to plan, setting parameters, guidelines. She is setting guidelines, making sure that New Brunswick is safe. Shout out to Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Russell, our chief medical officer of health in New Brunswick. She's been doing a fantastic job. People have been recognizing her. She's been doing a really, really good job. And what's really impressive is how the government, uh, Blaine Higgs government, conservative government, has taken a back seat and has taken her guidance and checked the regos at the door to make sure that this province is safe and making sure that the province is taken care of. I know there's a lot of people that are angry that things aren't open. Eventually, we're going to have to. Eventually, we're going to have to get through the virus we're gonna to have to learn how to get ourselves daily just get used to it um so at the end of the day we're gonna to have to take parameters and precautions in our life now will we ever get back to normal i'm not really sure but i know one thing is to make sure that we're safe and washing our hands and just taking the practice i don't know if this is going to be one of the things that another thing comes on or I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories around that it was man-made in China or the government knew. Like, what really upsets me is a lot of the world leaders knew this was coming in January and didn't block any travel and just let everything go and didn't want to... They thought it was just something... They didn't think it was going to be as serious. I think going back, I would like to think a lot of the world leaders is, you know, my world, my leader here would have done things differently. So I'm kind of hoping that the human parameter of things, because there was a lot of senseless death, uh, people bringing COVID. I've heard of stories where uh, people were infected, uh, their carriers, and they, you know, subdued because they were a cancer patient. They had to go into their trailer and isolate, and the whole family was sick. And it come to find out the person that had the cancer that couldn't be infected, didn't, you know, didn't want this COVID on them because it could really, you know, devastate their health and put their life in jeopardy. They were the ones carrying it. So we have a lot of carriers, so we don't even know who's carrying it. And that's the scary thing about it. But we can't stop our life when we can't go on and isolate all the time. Because, you know, what are we going to do? Live ourselves in a bubble? Like that movie that, the guy was running around in a bubble, and I'm not sure what movie that was. I mean, we looked at it then and said that was asinine. That was funny. But today's world, it makes sense to run around in bubbles, but we have to do a lot of different things. But we have to have, I mean, we're washing our hands so much that the back, it could be harmful. Like, we can't get used to bacteria, we might get sick more. So it's a double-edged sword, right? They're telling us to do this and this and this. But we have to get used to bacteria and we have to get used to different things. So, you know, what do you do? Do you do it? You don't do it? It just makes it very upsetting to know what, what, what's real and what's not. There's a lot of information out there that is so false. And that's why we have to take the time. Don't read Facebook and think that everything on Facebook is real because high percentage of it is not and they don't. I mean, they're starting to monitor it a little more because of the pandemic crisis. So, I mean, we have to really 
be very careful when reading information and be be careful and take the precautions as you know we look at this so right now in new brunswick we've had 28,662 this is updated through january 1st 2020 at 1 p.m we have a total of 131 cases 12 active cases 120 recovered four in hospital one in the icu we had zero deaths which i'm pretty happy about i know my government here in the province of new brunswick and canada have really taken a proactive role which has been fantastic i know it's been slower to open up things than people really wanted to so i mean at the end of the day do you want to be safe do you want a strong economy i think he's doing a really good job mr higgs um with great guidance from Jennifer Russell, Dr. Jennifer Russell. I think it's fantastic what, what is going on. And all our uh, political parties are working together in a committee to make certain decisions to make sure, you know, certain phases, like we have different phases in the province and we have to, if we have a setback, we go back. And But at some point, Mr. Higgs, we're going to have to open up the province and we're going to have to get through this. I know we want to keep everyone as safe as possible. But at the end of the day, uh, we're going to have to keep the province open. We're going to have to learn how to deal with this and go through this. And I you know it's going to be a strain on everyone. Um, mental health challenges has been astronomical through this. There's a lot of people that have been paranoid. A lot of people that have been, uh, has heightened their mental health challenges. And I, I hear you. I, I'm going through it. And... I've taken upon myself to work the borders and to screen people that come into my province and with guidelines and compassion and try to welcome them, try to keep them at ease when I'm talking to them and try to understand why they need to go and essential. And there's a lot of people we turn at least anywhere from 20 to 30 or more back around. Um, it's, it's just to keep our province safe and they have to have documentation. They have to have the precautionary measures and different things. And there's a lot of people that are moving back to different provinces that go through our province. So we have to inform them what we expect when they're going through. Like uh, use pay at the pump. Try to keep social distancing. If you have to use the bathroom, if you have to get something to eat, please use the drive through and that sort of things. So that's what I'm doing at the border. I've been doing it. This will be my third week coming up. I'm, I'm very... When I talk about wearing it all together, I mean, I could sit in my facility and, and work, but here I am putting myself in the front line, maybe at risk, I'm not sure, but I'm taking precautions. I'm wearing a mask, I'm wearing, you know, always hand sanitizing after I talk to every person, taking the precautions, but I wanted to be a part of the solution. I wanted to be help in any way I can. It's long days, it's 12 hour days. I and it's nonstop getting paperwork and writing down your hands are sore, your feet are very sore. Don't get a lot of breaks because of just things need to go on. So uh, I've done this. I'm not saying I'm a hero. I'm just saying I'm doing my part. Very proud of the work that New Brunswick is doing and, and ensuring basically the borders to be secure as, as guidelines have been set out and hoping that we screen it well enough that we don't get a case. So I think our 
our border workers, I'd like to shout out to the conservation officers, commercial vehicle enforcement officers. Uh, we also have off-road vehicle officers. Uh, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else. Those are the ones that I've seen, the sheriffs, correctional officers. I want to shout out to them. I know when the state of emergency come in, a lot of these different uh, departments had to come together and put this together. I just want to completely shout out to you and give you the recognize recognition that you deserve, dedication. I've seen people work numerous hours. They're frustrated as well, folks. But I want to shout out to them because they're doing a phenomenal job. I don't think they get enough recognition. They always get the backlash and the negativity. But I'd like to say that their dedication, their professionalism, and how they've taught me how to do my job to the best of my ability. Supervisors have been great. I've met other people from other departments that I would have never met. It's the only positive thing coming out of this. And being a part of something, something positive and trying to build it as a team. And as New Brunswickers trying to keep each other safe, I want to shout out to them. Because I don't think they get enough recognition. They're always taking the slack. Seeing some Facebook comments that I'm not really happy about saying that they're doing a terrible job. Let me let me tell you, I think they're doing a fantastic job. They're trying to be sure there's compassion, guidelines, some some strictness to a certain fashion. Uh, no one's gonna roll into the province of New Brunswick just for a drive. There has to be a specific reason. And they are being compassionate with every, with everything's different. And I just want to take a shout out to them because I think it's important that we recognize these individuals, women, men that put their lives on the line since the pandemic in March. They've been doing this. I've only rolled into this in about May, so they've been doing this a lot longer in worse weather, trying to manage this. So I just want to shout out and thank you very much for doing what you're doing. I think it's important that we make sure that we do this and, and give our thanks to people, uh, police officers and different things and so many things have happened during this pandemic. So I just want to make sure that at the end of the day, we're all being positive and seeing people do work. I'm always thinking the grocery shop workers or the gas, uh, the cashiers at the gas places that I get gas. I always say thank you, it makes their day when you recognize them. Because normally, I mean, we just go about our business and do our business and don't worry about who's getting thanks. But I really thanking people is, I think with this pandemic, I'm thanking more people and taking more, more of a look of how appreciative I am of our society and how appreciative I am of certain people doing jobs. I know we need jobs to survive, to make money, but their job's not easy. Uh, not making a lot of money doing what they're doing, but they're the ones putting their life on the line. And that's the problem I have with these celebrities saying we're all in it together. We're not. People are struggling with money. They're struggling with so much in the world. And I know some celebrities have done some good stuff. And I'm sure they've done stuff where they don't want the attention. And I get that. So I'm not painting them all in the same brush. I'm saying that probably half of them or maybe even three quarters are spoiled little brats that are had everything catered to them since they've become a celebrity and have forgotten what it's like to be a normal person 
normal job and normal things. And they've got somewheres and had to be somewheres. Some were a silver spoon, but some of them have forgotten their ways to where they've got to the freedom and they've got their lot of money and now they think they're invincible. And this COVID is not discriminatory. Doesn't matter if you're rich, doesn't matter if you're poor, doesn't matter anything. It's non-discriminatory. So we have to think about that. And I'd like to thank everyone that's helping out in the world in any little thing. But make sure that you're positive and say positive things to people because it makes them feel good about what they're doing. There's a sense of purpose. So that's all I wanted to say in this podcast. I didn't want to go on and on and on and just speak a lot of nonsense. I wanted to make my points clear. I wanted to thank people that are doing a great job. I want to recognize that football player from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Larry Darnavy Tardiv, I'm sure I butchered your name, but my friend, you're doing a great job. I just want to shout out that you're from Quebec, Canada. Very proud that you're in our country doing this when you don't have to. In my eyes, that's a hero. So I want to apologize for not doing a lot of podcasts here recently. I've had a lot of things thrown on my plate. I mean, I'm working the border. Um, I'm in the process of possibly moving to another place. Um, getting a job transfer. I'm very excited. I just wanted to say that I didn't forget anybody. I haven't forgot my listeners or people that need this. But I just wanted a podcast to point out some points. And I just want everyone to be safe, be cautious. This isn't over. But don't live your life in fear. And the only one that can make you feel inferior is yourself. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Listen to music, go for walks, get some fresh air. Make sure you take care of yourself. I'm Alan Hilchi, and I thank you very much for listening. And I'll talk to you really, really soon. Thank you.